Hello, Mississippi and abroad. This is Parrish Alford with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal and welcoming you to another edition of Justify Your Existence, where we bring you the relevant college football talk in Mississippi and the SEC. We'd like to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission. Lots of good things going on there at OPC. A lot of offerings for youth and adults alike. They're gearing up for fall flag football and Right now, registration is ongoing for Ready Golf and instructional time for youth ages 8 to 13. There's boxing, fencing, hiking, and so much more. Visit them at OxfordParkCommission.com. I'm joined this morning by Stefan Kreischnick, our Mississippi State writer. Steph, how you doing, man? I'm good, Parrish. How you doing? Doing, doing good. Doing good. We had a nice little... Uh, uh, chat in the Facebook group last night, folks. Uh, if you want to check that out at Inside, um, well, I guess it's no, it's not Inside. It's Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreishnik. All those group names, Steph. Sometimes they start to sound alike. It probably was uh, Inside at uh, one time or another. Uh, lots of good things there in the group, folks. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, Steph, a little bit about uh, just kind of. Uh, what you have seen in practice so far, it's been good, uh, the amount of uh, open practices that uh, we've seen at Mississippi State. I think people tend to take that for granted these days. You know, a lot of folks are eager to click on, uh, you know, a tweet or uh, uh, photos or videos sent out by the schools. And uh, sometimes I think uh, overlook the importance of critical analysis, especially this time of year. Uh, as uh, as we try to uh, to see uh, what these teams are going to look like, and you know, there, frankly, there's been quite a bit of open practice uh, at Mississippi State. So where where do you think this team is right now? Because we're we're really getting close to that time where uh, the focus is not going to be internal, but will be on Louisiana Tech. Right. Yeah. I think as you mentioned there, um, you know, getting access to practices has been really insightful you kind of get a look um you know at, not only at the returning guys and kind of how they've adjusted but you kind of get a look at the new guys and the freshmen that, that might actually get some playing time and stand out and kind of how they mesh into the offense um and, and it's been interesting i think i mean the main takeaway from the first couple of scrimmages has to be that um this defense has a chance to be pretty good i mean a lot of the talk has been on the air raid offense and how much of full offseason would help and and that's shown that it's going to help maybe it's not exactly where Leach wants it to be and um and I think a lot of inconsistency a little things has to do with that and, and once they kind of get those straightened out I think the offense should be all right um but the defense looks really good and, and it's kind of been a result of a lot of what we talked about this offseason where the secondary is good led by the corners um Forbes and Emerson and when the when the two of them along with the safety position um kind of getting panned out um, are working, then it creates a lot of a lot of good opportunities for the for the defensive line and the linebackers to kind of get into the backfield and get some tackles for loss or get some sacks or some QB hurries. Um, and when they do get those hurries, we saw in practice that it, there are some of those scrimmages that at least the turnovers and at least says you know some of those interceptions are mostly the quarterback's fault, which is fair. They're, you know they weren't some kind of spectacular play that that a corner was making. And a lot of that does have to do with with some of the decision making by the quarterbacks. But still, the defense is kind of getting itself in those good positions to be able to make those plays. Um, so I, th- I think this defense has a chance, um, you know, to be among the better better ones in the nation. Um, I kind of mentioned in, in the Facebook group that, um, 
you know, I covered Indiana last year, and they were towards the top of the nation in terms of interceptions, if not leading the nation in interceptions. A lot of those same tendencies, that knack for the ball, the drive to punch the ball out or grab the ball while it's in the air, uh, reminds me a lot of that Indiana team that we're seeing this year with the Mississippi State team, which is a good sign because that was, that was a really good defense. Um, so I think if the early, shine, early signs show um, of what, what the scrimmages look like, you, you could say – um, maybe the, maybe the offense isn't looking as crisp as you want, but I think I think my main takeaway has kind of been the defense. Um, and I, and Leach says it's kind of hard to gauge in scrimmages. You know, when one side is struggling, the other side is doing good. You know, because you're facing your own team. Um, but but I would I would lean on the side of saying um, this defense could be pretty good. Well, that that is the nature of training camp when you're practicing against yourselves, and, and we hear that from coaches uh, all the time. Uh, kudos to Leach for uh, having uh, these open practices. I know they're going to be closed now. I, I take it that uh, you know from the media schedule that was released that uh, the media will not be around for the mock game. I heard all this talk about the mock game. When, when does that take place? Is that Saturday? I think yeah, I think that's taking place Saturday. We haven't heard anything about it yet. Um, we'll see. I, I doubt. I doubt that we'll be we'll be allowed in. I think just at this point, um, you know, you're actually you're kind of moving aside from those, um, you know, one on one reps that we see a lot in camp. And now you're actually kind of seeing them open the playbook, run the stuff. See, um, I mean, Lee said that this week he wants to narrow down the two deep depth chart. So that means he's probably picking a starting quarterback. And if he decides that he doesn't want the opponent to know who the starting quarterback is until the day of the game, then he's going to do everything he can to make sure that, that we don't see who's the one still getting the first team reps. Though it's been Will Rogers at this point, I can't imagine that at this point he's just going to flip the switch and have someone else take all the first team reps. Um, but, yeah, as, as of right now, we have a couple of availabilities following practices. Um, we have one tonight, one tomorrow night. But aside from that, it doesn't appear that we're going to be uh, in practice anymore, which is kind of standard around, around the nation. Um, and I think the access to this point that we've had has been above standard from across the nation. Um, so, so it's been good. And obviously we, we wish we could still be going to these practices, but kind of understanding of, you know, what we've, what we've been given to this point and, and not trying to, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. Right. In, in recent years, the trend in the SEC and nationally has been the practices have been closed or if not closed, limited uh, in the way that uh, that Ole Miss has limited right now uh, to, to really just kind of watching them go through uh, uh, group work together uh, when, when the linemen are all together or the quarterbacks are together, throw into uh, maybe some uh, down-the-depth chart receivers, uh, those types of things. Honestly, Steph, uh, you know, if, if that's what uh, access is going to be, just close it completely because there, there is some value uh, in, in that, in those very early practice periods, but really, really not much value beyond just kind of seeing who's out there and, and, and trying to get a read on, on who's healthy and, and who's not. For me, uh, in covering this time of year, it's always been about Man, just show me some 11 on 11. Let me draw some conclusions. Let me see how you are using your players, who, you know, who are, you know, which players are playing in what groups and that sort of thing. And, and, and of course, you know, coaches really, they don't want to talk depth chart a lot. And, and, and I get that, but that's, that's the value in covering practice this time of year. It, you know, so often, uh, uh, someone might ask me, well, how are they looking? And I'm thinking, I don't know how they're looking. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't seen them. But that hasn't been the case 
at State this year, and it didn't start out that way uh, at Ole Miss. It was more uh, open at Ole Miss at the beginning, and they hit that shutdown mode uh, a little quicker. But uh, on the whole, camps at both places, I felt like uh, uh, have been more open than I thought uh, they would be. So that's that's been a good thing. Uh, you were talking about quarterbacks. I, yeah, I think Will Rogers was kind of a – he was always the leader here. He was always the guy that people thought would win the job. Uh, he was last year's starter. you know. And so you, you begin with that kind of advantage, kind of your job to lose, so to speak. And then you throw in – uh, the fact that Jack Abraham hasn't been around, he was going to be the the uh, the primary competitor. Uh, Chance Lovertich is has impressed, I think, but maybe Steph has he impressed because the bar of expectation for him was pretty low. I mean, he hadn't established himself a whole lot at, at South Alabama, I don't think. Um, and he's just you know physically. He's going to be that blue-collar kid who works hard and gets things done, but he's always going to have to overcome his height at uh, at five foot eleven. Uh, are you? What's your confidence level here? Because it's pretty clear, I think, that he's going to be the number two guy. Is he a guy that uh, Mississippi State can win with in a situation that maybe he's the starter for three or four games? I think he could come off the bench. Uh, clearly at a time when the other team hasn't prepared for him. He's a, a change of pace guy. He's a hustler. He's a worker. Yeah, I think he could get some things done in games. But do you think that uh, this team can be successful if he becomes the starter for a stretch of time? Right. I've always said that uh, Chance seems like the type of guy where he's going to come off the bench randomly in, in some game in SEC play um, and have a hell of a game, and that will be his one game that he stands out, but it will be enough to get him a statue bill at Mississippi State just because of maybe the, the tenacity of that game or, or the standards that, that that game brings. Something kind of like an egg bowl. That's, that's what screams Chance Lovertich moment to me. Um, you know, I, I think, like you said, is it more so him playing well or standard? I, I think it's a mix of both. Um, I think when we came out to that, that first practice, I think it was the first or second practice, um, watch him take some of those second team reps. I mean, he looked really bad at just taking sacks, throwing interceptions. When you're doing that in practice, that's just not very impressive and, and probably isn't going to mean good things for games. And then by the fifth or sixth practice, we saw him make a decent amount of progress to the point where I thought maybe for a second he would actually challenge Will Rogers for that starting spot. Um, I think that we kind of saw that that around that fifth or sixth practice, not to say that he hasn't benefited from even more reps since then, but it kind of seemed like that maybe was him reaching his ceiling. We've kind of seen him come down a little bit in the last scrimmage. I mean, the last scrimmage he goes 10 to 13, but it's only for 89 yards and he has no touchdowns and interception. Um, so you, I think we kind of saw a little bit in camp of him kind of reach a bit of a ceiling. Now, does that mean he can't get better? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think, you know, you can reach a ceiling in practice, but when you actually get game reps, you can get even better because then you're kind of seeing everything at full speed um, in those games. So I think there, there is maybe grounds in a regular season for him to improve, but I think we, we just kind of saw that, that like you mentioned, there's, there's a natural athleticism um, that he kind of lacks. He doesn't have the height, and we saw it get in the way in the scrimmages with a lot of lines tipped at the line of scrimmage, or a lot of balls tipped at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I, just, I just can't see Will Rogers losing this job which uh, is to say that I don't think Will has looked particularly great in training camp so far, um, but I think he's looked good. And I think that, that he's got a chance um, 
you know, you, you kind of have the benefit. And, you know, of course, now that I, I say this, you're probably going to lose to Louisiana Tech, but you kind of have the benefit of getting some game reps in that Louisiana Tech game where maybe um, you could feel comfortable and, and maybe get a big lead, a lead maybe big enough to even get chance into the, to the second half of that game maybe, and he could get some reps too um, in, in actual game action. Um, I think NC State is probably where you're going to be pushed to, to kind of have the full starters out there for four quarters and, and kind of see what, what, what you can do with that. Um, but, but I mean, in the last scrimmage, Will goes 13 to 27. Um, I don't have the first scrimmage stats in front of me, but I know that the completion percentage was, was much worse in the second scrimmage. But 160 yards is still three touchdowns. And I think he had one more drive than Will Rogers had. You were there, maybe, maybe you can correct me on that. But I think he had one more drive than, than, um, than Chance Lover just had, sorry. Um, which kind of shows that I think uh, Leach is leading towards him in the uh, starting role. And he, Leach said after the scrimmage that, uh, Will Rogers have been more consistent of the two. So I, I think that, that we're going to, or I, I should say, Leach is going to lead that way um, and, and have Will be the guy. And we'll see. We'll see how those reps pay off. And, and like I said, that, that first game could offer opportunity for Will and Chance to get some reps in game action. I think uh, the big thing that stood out for me uh, with Chance Lovertich in the two scrimmages was that uh, in the first scrimmage that I saw, he had a number of passes batted at the line. And, and to me, that's always a red flag, you know, for a guy who isn't extremely tall. Because uh, while they can be successful, uh, there are obstacles that they they have to clear. They've got to move around to find those throwing lanes and, and get those uh, sight lines and, and avoid those batted passes. I thought he mostly avoided those in the second scrimmage. So he, so he made an adjustment and and like I mentioned uh, uh, in, in a column, he didn't just become under six foot. That wasn't something that like happened this month, you know. So, I mean, he's he's uh, played at this height. He's dealt uh, with that uh, at at earlier times in his career. But you know, as as you advance, uh, linemen get bigger, linemen get faster, and all those things. So you have to make that adjustment. I thought it was uh, important for a chance that that he made that adjustment uh, from one scrimmage to the next. Uh, let's talk about uh, this offensive line a little bit, uh, Steph. Do you think this group exceeds expectations against Louisiana Tech? I mean, uh, a group that, uh, you know, f- frankly, not a lot of expectations uh, for the Ruston Louisiana Bulldogs uh, this year. Uh, they have a, a pretty decent group of linebackers from what I understand, but uh, this is not going to be one of their better teams under Skip Holtz. And I'm wondering if you think uh, uh, State's offensive line exceeds expectations on the fact, uh, just kind of based on the fact that they've been going every day against, as you mentioned, what we think is going to be a pretty strong SEC defense. And given the nature of scrimmaging against yourself in camp, uh, I don't think it would be stunning to see this offensive line play pretty well against Louisiana Tech. Uh, what, What do you think? I think the expectations have to be pretty low at this point based off what people saw last season and, and the initial, um, I guess, takeaways from, from Paul Campus far. And, um, you know, maybe people will say, oh, the reporters don't know what they're talking about. Um, it was Leach that said the offensive line has some guys that probably think they're better than they actually are. And I think um, you're seeing a lot of uh, offensive line that was recruited, um, you know, for, for Mullen and Moorhead to kind of um, – maybe be in a, in a run heavy offense, but you know, that's obviously switched a lot here with, with Mike Leach coming in. 
and they're kind of adjusted to maybe, you know, having to hold the line a little longer for pass protection, you know, something that they maybe haven't done um, in, previously in their careers. But uh, with that said, I think it's a line that has pieces that, that could be good and that could, could you know, exceed expectations if, if that's the bar we're going to put it at. Um, you know, Scott Lashley coming in, a, a, he was a backup at Alabama, which is probably – a good thing to be if you're an offensive lineman. It's not the worst case because Alabama knows how to create offensive linemen like it's nothing. Being a backup there coming in, I think he's got a chance to 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 impress. Um, you know, Charles Cross. Everyone knows the expectations for him. You know, we've I've seen him rated as high as a, as a top five NFL draft pick. Um, if if his potential kind of pans out to to what people expect it to. Um, LaQuinn is sharp move, making the move to center now. Cole Smith spending some more time at guard. We'll kind of see how those two things kind of bounce off each other, how, how they learn, you know, as a unit to communicate with, with a new guy under center. It's, it's looked decent so far in the sense of, you know, Sharp isn't, you know, botching, botching snaps 20 yards behind the quarterback. You know, I don't think I've seen a bad snap yet um, in any of the practices. And we're kind of at that point now where that's maybe impressive because we're already three weeks into, into this thing. So, um, you know, it, it's a unit that, that has the pieces that they can learn to mesh together, which, uh, a full off season probably benefits them more than any unit. Um, they they could be decent. They have the pieces to be decent. They just haven't shown that yet. And I think, um, you know, what is it? Ten days from now, something like that. Maybe, you know, whatever whatever the countdown is now to to game day. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get a sense of of where they stand. Whether it's whether like you said, it's the defense that's been impressing or the offensive line that's really been struggling. Right now, the early signs would be that it's kind of been both. Um, so, so we'll see how that kind of goes um, in game week, but that would definitely be the, the one unit that I guess will be the biggest concern, assuming that, you know, Will Rogers takes that next step. I think his play is the most important thing. Um, if Will takes that next step, the biggest unit that would be a concern for me is, is the offensive line. Um, so, so we'll see how, how that pans out in game week and, and what the scrimmages were more of a reflection of, whether it's the offensive line or the defense. Also have seen these uh, high expectations, these draft projections, NFL projections for Charles Cross. Uh, so much of the draft, Steph, you know, is based on potential and what these coaches and GMs think they can mold you into as an NFL player. Uh, it's it's just not based on uh, production, really, and, and what you accomplished uh, at the college level. So a lot of expectation for Charles Cross, uh, has he done something in camp that uh, that caught your attention? And you said, well, that, yeah, those those expectations are on the mark. Right. Yeah, I think, like you said, a lot of a lot of what, um, you know, draft draft projections and general managers, what they're looking for is um, is potential. I think that's the reason, you know, Charles Cross is projecting some ways to go top five and Tim Tebow didn't go until, what was it, late in the first round. So I, I think that kind of tells you that you, know, you can be – arguably be the best college football player of all time. And that's not necessarily what, what scouts are looking for. Um, I, you know, he hasn't made a, a play or anything in that sense that that's stood out. He hasn't kind of made that, that highlight. Um, but I think you're seeing just, I mean, what a full off season meant for him. I mean, he's, he's big, he's a big guy and he's, you know, he's not someone that you want to go up against. And that's probably what scouts look at. I mean, his technique and stuff like that is there. Obviously he knows how to play. Um, offensive line like he, he knows how to do the things that you need to do but but you can't really teach you know the size that he has the height that he has um, standing next to him um, you know in practice you got to realize how big of a dude he is 
I mean, that, that's probably what stands out to a lot of scouts. You can't teach that. Um, you know, they see that and they say, okay, well, you know, if, if this part of his technique is off, we can teach him that because he has a size and he has the tools to be really good. Um, for MSU fans, you want to see that right now. You don't want to wait until he's at the NFL level to finally start playing well. You want to see that now. And I think he's kind of been the one guy that, that at least has been quiet. There hasn't, you know, I, I say he hasn't really made a, a highlight play. He also hasn't had a play where you're like, oh, my God, what is he doing? I remember he had one holding call earlier in camp, maybe like the first week or so. Haven't really seen anything like that since then um, from him. So he's kind of that guy that he's, he's going to be that rock on the offensive line where um, I think he's going to see defenses trying to do a lot of things on the other side of the line because I think that, that they know maybe that's, that's the weakness you can attack. And he'll be holding down his own over at left tackle. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of times you'll see players blossom uh, at the next level for whatever reason, uh, come into their own later. And you'll see a lot of uh, college fans who, who cling to those guys and celebrate those guys and and love on them on, them on social media, and, and that's great. But I know there's a segment out there that's thinking, where was this? <laughs> where, 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 where was this when you were on campus? Uh, right. But uh, anyway, so often, you know, Steph, it's also about uh, – fit in a system you know it, you know development might not only be physically it doesn't necessarily mean physical development uh, you know sometimes uh, personality conflicts uh, arise between coaches and players and uh, those are important boxes to check and if it takes a restart at the next level to get that done well you know we've seen that happen not that all that's going to come into play for Charles Cross but I do find it interesting that uh, as you say sometimes these guys, you know, go on to the next level and, and uh, you, you see things from them that they just didn't show uh, as college athletes. Hey, and, today- if he, and if he shows, if he shows a potential to, to be really good in pass protection, I mean, it, you, you saw the Chiefs in last year's Super Bowl with the, with the offensive line they have. I mean, Charles Cross shows that, that he can protect and narrate offense. I can't imagine the Chiefs wouldn't want someone like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, they uh they, they had some struggle there, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Hey, uh, in today's Daily Journal uh, and online at djournal.com, you, you had three freshmen to watch. Uh, who were those guys, and, and why did they stand out to you? Right, I had receiver Rara Thompson, uh, running back Simeon Price, and the linebacker John Lewis. Um, you know, I, I even when I was going through and, and getting ready to write that article, I probably had four or five, I'm looking at them here, like four or five other names that, that could have stood out and made that list as well. I think we've seen freshmen be pretty impressive um, so far in, in fall camp. Um, the reason I went with Rara is he, he really impressed in the last scrimmage, only behind Austin Williams in, in receiving yards. Um, he made a big step from that first scrimmage where he had no catch just to the second one. Um, I think you, you see, and I'll say this for, for all three of them, but you see a very natural athleticism with him as well, of, of just a lot of speed, able to create plays. Um, he had a 25-yard catch. Um, he, he's kind of got that big playability that could be exciting in this offense. Um, and I say I, I say this with, with these three guys, assuming that there's no red shirt. I think a lot of times you see maybe if there's depth at a position, which which maybe could be the case with running back or receiver, um, coaches elect to, you know, give them four games and, and red shirt them after that. Um, so that, this is assuming that there's no, no red shirting going on. Um, Simeon Price, I think, um, may be the most impressive offensive player overall in the first two scrimmages. I mean, he's really been – as a running back involved in a passing game. And, and I think you're seeing the fact that he um, what was a great athlete coming out of high school. I mean, he was rated as the number 20 athlete. Um, I think it was according to 247, um, but it, but it might've been rivals. So, so don't hold me to that. 
Um, they rated the number 20 athlete um, coming out because he, he played a ton of receiver in high school. So, so making the move at, at running back, um, he kind of fits this offense pretty well because he can be pretty, pretty involved in the, in the passing game as well. Um, I know he was, he was like a junior Olympian in, in track and field as well. So he's, he's a pretty athletic dude um, that, that can make some plays behind Marks and Johnson coming in at the running back position. Maybe even get some reps at wide receiver if they, if they feel that he fits. Um, and then John Lewis, we haven't seen a lot of John Lewis um, because of a concussion through fall camp. I think the first time that I really even noticed him on the field was watch for the scrimmage. He had a QB hurry. I mean, he didn't have like a sack or anything like that. But I think um, as he kind of, as a freshman, starts getting reps, I mean, he's, he's late to fall camp, starts getting reps. Um, as a four-star, it's hard to imagine that, that he doesn't um, have, have the talent level to, to adjust pretty quickly and, and get some game reps in. So we'll see how the rest of, I mean, I guess we won't see, we'll just hear how the rest of fall camp kind of goes for him, um, where he fits in his defense with a pretty deep uh, linebacking group that's pretty versatile. But, I mean, aside from him, Nick Mitchell had a pretty big play in that, in that scrimmage. Teddy Knox has looked pretty good. Rufus has looked pretty good. So there, there's a few freshmen, um, Ty Cooper, that, that could all fit in there um, and make some plays. Um, you know, I've had people comment on the story and be like, what about this guy? What about this guy? I'm like, well, well I picked three. That doesn't mean that, that there can't be more that, that stand out. Um, and I, I'm sure MSU fans don't care if I'm right or wrong. As long as someone's making plays, um, it doesn't matter who the three are, who the one is. Um, but, but I think it's, it's a pretty deep freshman class just in terms of the, the plays they've been able to make um, early here in fall camp. Um, and, and if some of them do register, I think that, you know, you give them those four games, you redshirt them, and, and it's a pretty good group going into their second year next year. Um, but, but we've seen with Leach an ability for um, true freshmen to, to make impacts. I mean, we, we saw with Will Rogers. So there, there's no reason to believe that, that they, these guys can't come in and make some plays. Um, so, it's, so it's an exciting group and, and a really talented group. Well, I'll tell you, Steph, I've always been of the opinion that, man, you can find people to run and catch. Okay. You know, uh, you, you get playmakers like, uh, you know, Elijah Moore at Ole Miss, uh, they, they move on. And, and certainly uh, you, you feel their, you feel the loss of impact of a guy like that. But look, uh, others are going to emerge at, at both places. You can find people to run and catch. Uh, you need to be uh, uh, as good as you can possibly be at quarterback. You know, you need to be, you know, elite at that position, but you don't necessarily have to be number one at your position, uh, you know, number one in the country, you know, at uh, at running back and receiver. I, I think coaches like uh, Mike Leach can take guys, can identify talent like a Simeon Price, okay, and uh, and and find ways for them to be successful uh, in the system that, uh, that they're running. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. I, th I think, you know, we can talk about all the people that will make plays, but if Will Rogers is struggling or Chance Lovett is struggling, then and this offense isn't going to go how it needs to go. So that's, that's the number one thing. That's the number one thing. We'll, we'll see come game week, how that, how that starts panning out. Hey, folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we bring you the relevant college football talk in Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Come back and join us later this week.